G'day, welcome to Partakers Podcasts and to our Easter series, where we are investigating together that most extraordinary time of history which is celebrated around the world, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on in. During his three years of ministry, Jesus had preached the good news of God's salvation to reconcile people back into a relationship with the Almighty God. And through the cross coming up shortly, his mission will be fulfilled. The feasts of Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles were the three most important feasts on the Jewish calendar. All Jewish men were expected to visit Jerusalem. The Passover feast was to commemorate the deliverance of Israel from Egypt it was a time for remembering and rejoicing, according to Exodus 11 and 12. Of all the events that took place that night, we have only time to look at three of them. Jesus' plans, Jesus' preparation, and Jesus' serves. So firstly, his plans. Let's compare and contrast the plans of Jesus with those of his enemies. Firstly, his enemies. We know that they plotted to kill Jesus. They had arranged for Judas to betray Jesus. And we also know that Satan's ultimate purpose was to destroy Jesus. We read that in Luke chapter 22. And what of the plans of Jesus? From that same chapter in Luke chapter 22, we see that Jesus is in control. He plans the Passover meal, and that meal is part of his plan. He knows that Judas is going to betray him, so he therefore knows Judas's plan, as well as the plan of the people who are out to kill him. He also knows Satan's plan, and as for the old leaders of God, more Jesus replaces them with his own men. All the elements in the plot conspiring against Jesus had been allowed for. That is clearly seen. The death of Jesus Christ was no accident. His good friend and disciple Peter wrote this some years later, reading from 1 Peter 1 verses 18 to 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Jews were expected to remove all yeast from their houses as a reminder that their ancestors left Egypt in a hurry and had to eat bread without yeast. Jesus had warned his disciples about the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, 
in Luke 12 verse 1. In other words, the religious leaders had cleansed their houses, but not their own hearts. And the last thing the religious leaders wanted was a messianic uprising during Passover. Judas was motivated and energized by Satan, John 13 verse 2 and 27. And he was never a true believer, because his sins had never been cleansed by the Lord, John 13 verse 10 to 11. Therefore, a big therefore, Judas had never believed or received eternal life, according to John 6 verse 64 to 71. However, Judas had been given authority and had been preaching the same message. This proves just how close a person can come to the kingdom of God. So close to being a follower of Jesus and yet still be lost. Now to Jesus' preparations and then on to his serving. The disciples needed a room within Jerusalem itself and they also required food. A lamb, bread, bitter herbs and wine. The Passover meal contains historical and theological symbolism regarding the death of Jesus Christ. That is why this meal is the model for the central act of Christian worship, which is Holy Communion. Here is an outline of a Passover meal at the time of Jesus. Starting with opening prayer, then a first cup of wine and a dish of herbs and sauce. Then the story of the Passover is recited and Psalm 113 sung. Then a second cup of wine followed by a prayer of grace, then a main course of roast lamb with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, followed by a further prayer and a third cup of wine. And then Psalms 114 to 118 were sung, and that is followed up by a fourth cup of wine. And depending on your church, the Last Supper can be called, amongst other things, the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, or Holy Communion. Christian disciples are commanded to participate, as Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Do this in remembrance of me. Some churches do it every service, and others do it monthly or weekly. Whenever we participate in it, we do it regularly as a remembrance of Jesus until he comes again. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. The bread symbolizes his body broken on the cross and the wine symbolizes his blood which was shed on the cross. Therefore, before we partake of the bread and the wine, we are to examine ourselves and confess any unforgiven sin. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 28 to 29 This is done because it would be hypocritical to eat it while harboring known sin in our hearts and having fellowship with Jesus and others in the church. This Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the Holy Communion, what is its significance for us? Firstly, it symbolizes fellowship with other believers in the universal church, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 17. We receive the benefits of his once and for all sacrifice, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16 We spiritually feed upon him 1 Corinthians 11 verse 24 It symbolizes the death of Christ for our sin Luke 22 verse 19 It symbolizes our acceptance 
of his death for us and our dependence upon him for life, spiritual life. And finally, when a person remembers, that makes it their own personal story. If something is only recalled as an historical event, then that is somebody else's story being recalled. That is why Holy Communion is personal. It's our story. It's your story. It's my story. All these symbolize the new covenant made between God and Jesus' disciples. A covenant guaranteeing salvation. The new covenant is a new meal in order to remind his followers in every age and of all time about the work of Jesus on the cross. The new covenant, Luke 22 verse 20, Jesus claimed that his death was spoken about by the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel. It was a new covenant in which God's people will be able to know him intimately for their sins will be forgiven. Whenever a covenant was made between God and man in the Old Testament, blood was always shed as a seal of the promise. Jesus' blood is the seal on this new covenant, which is why we remember it. So, Jesus' plans, Jesus' preparations, and now Jesus serves. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. As part of the custom of the day, a servant or slave usually undertook foot washing of all guests. And since none of the disciples had done this, Jesus himself undertakes the task in John 13. Peter is recalcitrant, stubborn, and resistant as always, loudly objects. Peter learns that only those cleansed by Jesus and trusting in him fully can be a part of the new kingdom of God. And as we look back at this episode, knowing what we do now of the cross, we learn how this simple act of washing feet is also symbolic of Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Thanks for joining us today on Partakers Podcast. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple, wherever you are in this world. Thank you.